0: trafficking go to pact.city to sign up for the one-hour course today with pact we declare not one more victim and good morning and welcome to saturday in the studio we are finally here it would help if i would leave the door unlocked for merle when he comes in this morning so he could uh, join us
1: i felt abandoned
0: Yeah, but we are here. Merle Kelch is here, Kelch and Associates in Wausau. We are here to take your financial questions at seven one five eight four five twenty one fifty five. 2155 uh, the number to call if you have a question regarding your portfolio, your investments, uh, your retirement, whatever the case may be. Today would be the day to get it answered because Merle is here in the studios. Good morning, or just sir.
1: make some stuff up. I mean, we can do that, too. That's always a lot of fun.
0: Well, the market had a good day yesterday, finished in record territory again, and uh, some of the good news came for the, uh, for the financial sector. The ba- big banks liked the news they got from the Federal Reserve yesterday about... Some of the rules that were put in place because of the pandemic are going to be going away at the end of the first quarter, which is, what, Tuesday?
1: Uh, It is, yeah. So a lot of the stuff that's going on out here is a whole bunch of um, cash flow moving back and forth. And um, this is part of the discussion, and I'm still trying to get it all wrapped up into my head, too. It's one of these things that just has so much complexity to it, you have to stop and say, okay, how does this really work again? But here we go so we created this 1.9 trillion dollars we created this several trillion dollars last year for all the stimulus that has to, that uh, uh we're putting out there because of the pandemic okay rightfully so good bad, and different we have to pay for it so we issue bonds so we issue bonds to the banking system uh, the banking system buys up all this cash has it sitting out there uh, their idea is to lend it back out and if people aren't lending which they really weren't doing a lot last year so then the federal reserve is essentially buying a bunch of this stuff back from the banking system may not be the exact dollar, but maybe it's mortgage-backed securities. So to raise that, the Federal Reserve system, of course, raises cash in which to do so. It keeps going around instead of a great big circle. And as part of this, we're seeing the bond systems then. Um, uh, the bond markets are, of course, trying to adjust price, trying to figure this is out with all this money that's flowing back and forth through the banking system and through the Federal Reserve. So all this in here, banks have to have a liquidity requirement of 5%. So in that liquidity requirement, they have to keep that amount of liquidity in case something happens unforeseen inside of the marketplace or the bank, et cetera, et cetera. And those rules um, were put, simply put aside for a little bit. The banking system said, well, geez, if we're going to do this, we have to have the ability to get this money out. We need to reduce that capital requirement that was done, and it's supposed to go back up. And I believe that is what you're chatting about. Uh, they've uh, let uh, further. Yeah, they're, they're going to allow
0: well, they were going to allow the banks to resume buybacks and also raise div- uh, dividends starting at the end of June. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, the central bank originally said it would lift pandemic-era restrictions in the first quarter, but even the delayed move gave investors more clarity. Shares of J.P. Morgan rose 1.7%, Bank of America advanced 27 So the financial sector is a place you want to get back into if you're out of it, right?
1: Yeah, the final se- financial sector is actually in an enormously strong position. They've got a ton of cash out there. Like we've said before, you know, the definition of inflation is too much cash chasing too few goods. At this point in time, inflation is somewhat held back. We have uh, some potential tremendous growth throughout the course of this year in our GDP. But there's a mountain of cash out there right now. And at the moment, the banking system is is flush with it and trying to find some place to go. So the beautiful part about all the expectations of business growing is that banks are going to have to lend money to companies for companies to grow. They need to buy widget machines. And so all this is in really good shape. We just have to get going and get growing. So as part of that, folks, I want you all to go out today and spend 100 bucks. <laughs> just uh, go out there and spend some money. I'm verbally down at the Eagles Club. Matter of fact, uh, <laughs> that you say something, Tom. Uh, this evening we are having our moonshine bingo, our first uh, bingo. at the, So stop on down if there's room. By the way, this isn't Grandma's bingo. Grandma, so if you're coming down, um, uh, this Moonshine Bingo is black lights, loud music, rock and roll, dancing. There's some rap in the middle of there. There's some spoofs that go on, and you might even catch me dancing.
0: Oh, boy. That's worth the price of admission <laughs> right there, isn't it? Seven one five eight four five twenty one fifty five 845 is the number to call. You're a big believer in the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey, and it was released Friday showing the final reading of the Index of Consumer Sentiment, 84.9% in March, up from 76 0.8 in February. So, trending in the right direction, we believe that the vaccine situation is going to uh, get the economy moving again and opening it, up the And there's uh, evidence society. and roots of that all over the place. Yeah. I mean,
1: there's green shoots all over. Um, so, picking on my friends at the University of Michigan again, I like to pick on them because my wife is a youper and I just like to have a lot of fun with it. Uh-huh. Um, they're finally coming out of the spring thaw. They've looked out. They've looked around. And for Michigan, there's only eight more weeks of winter. And uh, they said, well, let's get excited. But, no, the... Uh, the sentiment is really good. Um, the vaccines is, tends to have economies opening up all over the place. Um, states are opening up and saying we've had enough of the masks. We're going to continue on. We're reaching herd immunity nationwide on many measures. Um, uh, certainly some pockets that are popping up in and out and that type of stuff. But largely, we're doing pretty good. Um we hear uh, Pfizer, Moderna, and others saying we're going to have an additional patch that's going to go into the vaccines uh, throughout the course of this year uh, to offset the UK, Brazilian, and South African variants. So, all that sort of stuff is popping in our economy, starting to open. And, of course, the sentiment saying, hey, things are starting to look up are pretty good. I have a friend of mine that's in a travel business. So, his, uh, his side gig, as you might say, is a travel agency, and in doing so, I said, how's, it, how's the booking going? He goes, we're just, we're just insane. He said, the amount of booking is just crazy, more than we've ever seen. I said, for this year? He goes, no, for twenty two.
0: That's funny because I, I thought that was one of those industries that had barely, had re they, you know, basically dried up, not only because of the pandemic, but the fact that most people book their own travel uh, themselves online anymore. Who uses a well, travel agent? I had a anymore? big
1: conversation about this yesterday with them. Um, what's interesting is that for airlines, that for a travel agent, there's not much money inside of airlines. Uh, there's not much you can do. They simply charge a fee for tickets. Um, but as he was saying to me, and, and somebody can correct me if this wrong, make sure I understood it right. As he said, Tom, if you and I book a uh, package deal to go to the Caribbean for a hotel and maybe a car and an airline, we book it and it's going to cost us $1,000. bucks. i am making this up, folks. And if you book it through a travel agent, it's going to cost you 1000 bucks. The difference is, is that if you, you and I book it and we have to cancel something or something changes, we don't have anybody to go to. Um, and if you do it through travel agents, they can help you get everything rearranged, moved around, refunds, all that kind of stuff, because they're just doing it in a different type of a, a, a way in different uh, uh, platforms. And so the conversation, we we looked at it, we talked back and forth, and uh, and I think I'm probably going to use at least them as a travel agent, because I don't know that I'm going to find it cheaper necessarily, but I at least have the ability to go through and say, well, something's goofed up, we got to change the state, and they can make that stuff happen.
0: We also heard this week, as far as travel goes, that the cruise industry is still going to be uh, shut down for much of this year. So don't look for cruise lines to come back anytime soon. Um, that, that's that's something that, you know, is just not going to change at this point in time. Well, as long as we're not
1: going through the Suez Canal, we're probably going to be... <laughs> we'll talk about uh, that funny. a little bit. because You know, um, in here, the, the cruise industry is a, a pipeline. Um, I talked about uh, my wife on this. She has a She's in the business now that, um, she does uh, water insurance claims. Matter of fact, she's doing a lot of work in Texas. And so they said, you don't understand. She goes, Oh no, I was there. I do understand. We got this. Um, but in that, uh, she says, she goes, Oh geez, I just keep getting more, you know, more referrals to do more claims. I said, well, that's filling your pipeline. And after a while she said, I didn't get it. Well, now she fills it up. You know, in order to have the pipeline drip pipeline drip consistently, you have to have the pipeline full and the cruise industry is the same way. Um, filling one ship doesn't do you any good because you have to staff up one shift you have to you have to have that ship so it's filled up not only today but in two weeks for the next cruise and then two weeks and then two weeks because many of the people they're hiring on are on that ship for six or nine months uh, as far as staff goes and so those cruises have to be filled up and now you multiply that times one ship times many ships and there's a lot of bodies that have to get filled up to fill that pipeline to have that industry rolling uh, uh, pretty good and it's going to take a while now from cruises that I've been on, I'm getting offers all over the place for cruises, not only for 21, but later on. Um, and uh, the offers are absolutely tremendous for what's what's uh, going down. And unfortunately, you know, my, my, my uh, thing in life is I still want to do a cruise to Alaska, I just want to have time this coming summer. But I, I think we'll probably book something for 2022. So if anybody wants to join the Merle Kelch to scenic Alaska... <laughs> with nine stops you don't have including any, uh, a train I don't know what this
0: you don't have any uh trepidation about going on a cruise at this point in time why would being I being in a small contained area with a group of people a group of strangers I was on a cruise do you, in February do of need 20 to, do you need to be, do you need the vaccination um the vaccination, what are they calling it, the vaccination passport in order to I open up this I think something industry?
1: like that isn't going to occur. Um, uh, folks, on a daily basis, I have conversations with friends of mine in South Africa. And, uh, and so we have the conversation back and forth what their government is doing, what friends of theirs from New Zealand to all over Europe are doing, and what's happening, what they think is going to happen with travel. In, in uh, South Africa right now, they've, they've had such a bad breakout with the new variants. They're like crazy trying to get in. You can get in now. It, it, last year, you couldn't get into the country, um, nor were they really letting people out. And, and they think we're going to have some sort of a World Health world health Organization recognized um, uh, passport that shows you not only that you have the vaccinations for COVID, but maybe having having vaccinations for uh, hepatitis and other things. I don't think that it's all that bad of an idea as much as I don't want people going into my life. I don't think it's all that bad of an idea. So so in here, I have not had the vaccination. I have had COVID. Um, so U.K. studies say that if you've already had COVID, um, you're just as uh, protected for uh, the vaccine. The other time. Time. Well, not, the time. Not CDC a said of time. Months, and now six now months, the c- yeah. They actually came out and said a year, about a month ago. They said it's actually about a year. U.K. said about the same thing. Those that have originally had it are not getting it a second time. And remember, folks, there's like 50 people worldwide that have had truly had it twice. And when I say truly is, they say there's a whole bunch of people that didn't quite get over it and they got sick again, still from the same original sickness. So the probability of getting it a second time is low. Could we? Probably. How long? We don't know. It doesn't look like it's within a year or so. So with that, I'll probably get the vaccine. And, and in my opinion, I want to look for the one that obviously has the best f- efficacy for the South African variant since I'm going there a year. Oh, there's a the microphone here. Mm-hmm. So for me to travel on the ship, do I, does it matter? We live in Wisconsin. We're going around and next to each other in a body every fish fry. You know, so a cruise ship, not going to be much different. But I would be pretty certain that uh, coming up on cruise ships, you're going to have to have your vaccine card or say, have you had the vaccine or have yeah. you had it in a test as such? Um, uh, I don't know if a test station is, a, a test station is going to work. Um, so I think you're going to have some sort of a vaccine passport or proof that you've had it is going to have to be part of going on a cruise ship. So from that, do I have a problem with it? No. I've had the vaccine for mumps and measles and all that sort of stuff and tend to be just fine. And so I think I'll be fine with the others, too.
0: All right. We're going to take a break here. We'll come back with more. If you have a question from Earl, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU.
2: Vision loss is not something that you feel until it happens.
1: Most people lose their vision from diseases like macular degeneration and glaucoma, not at birth. With macular degeneration, you lose your central vision.
0: You have a blind spot right in the center of your face, so I can't actually see your face. So even that little
1: circle in which I could see became a big blur. I was 65 when I... Keep up
2: with the Biden White House. They know Joe Biden is corrupt.
1: On
0: WSAU and WSAU.com. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch, Kelch & Associates in Wausau. 715-845-2155 is the number to call here if you have a question.
1: You know, we had something uh, happen this past week, and and one of the things I love about my job is I work with a lot of people who are clients and staff that are smarter than me, and I really like that because I tend to learn some things and get different perspectives on stuff. And so we have one of our clients, that I'm sure that he's listening right now. So, um, Jay, as I will just simply say, uh, thank you for the tip and the idea because I love that it was a great one. He came by and he says, you know, Bitcoin really seems to be a trend or a craze. I'm like, oh, uh, no, here we go, you know. So in here, he says, no, he said, I don't want to buy it. He said, because it doesn't make anything. He was a officer or a company and owned businesses. He says, they don't make anything, but people keep grabbing toward him. He said, why don't we look at companies that own Bitcoin, hold Bitcoin, or use Bitcoin? And we started going through and looking at this, and... So Tesla found- being one of the big ones. What's that?
0: Tesla being one of the big ones. Uh,
1: it is. And we actually did not choose Tesla, but for the same reason. Um, uh, Tesla just announced this past week that if you want to buy a car with Bitcoin, they can accept that. Now, yeah. was one of the reasons they bought a bunch of Bitcoin, because mm-hmm. you have to have it reserved for transactions back and forth. And so we started looking at other companies that did that. And um, we looked at companies that are going to have to use, going to have to. <laughs> I'm not from Wisconsin. <laughs> um, we're looking at companies that will have to use um, Bitcoin for transactions for them to continue on. And probably folks, you guys can think of a bunch of different companies with this. And there's some that are out there that have really, really good financials. And again, we're not Jim Cramer, so I can't go run out and tell you the names of the companies and say, go buy them, folks. But um, but in here, we looked around and we found four really strong candidates. Um, we picked up the stock, and so we shifted some money around inside their portfolio, and we bought some. Um, what's interesting, and on Friday's close, two of the companies that we bought were up 5% on Friday. And we just happened to buy them within the right couple of minutes in the morning and Friday morning and made some money. Um, but, you know, what a, what a great way to look at that. And I hadn't quite thought about that. You know, think about it. We don't have to buy Bitcoin. But if there's going to be companies that are out there that are going to allow Bitcoin to be part of the transaction and the currency, they don't have to hold it, but they're going to be affected by Bitcoin if it has the ability to have use. And those are the companies we looked at. Well, that's sort of the the idea you use when you're talking about gas and oil stocks, too. You've talked about in the
0: past that not the gas and oil stocks themselves, but the companies that make the products that the gas mm-hmm. and oil companies yeah, use. Yeah.
1: There was an old Peter Lynch thing. Uh, I don't know if he, many people, um, you know, old guys like us and, you know, that whole bit of it. But anybody that's out here it's 30 or 40s aren't going to know the name of Peter Lynch. But Peter Lynch was the manager of Magellan Funds Fidelity for, for Fidelity for a long time. And he brought that fund from a small fledgling company to a great big behemoth and made a lot of money along the way. And and along the way, his principles always, he said, buy the stuff you know and love and the products that you're familiar with. He said, that's always the better way to do it. He would do that buying good quality companies. He knew what they did. He knew where the work goes. Even Warren Buffett says, if I don't understand what the technology is, I'm not buying the company. He said, I want to know what it is. Uh, but the other thing that Peter Lynch would say is that, you know, if you buy the companies you know and love, he said, there's probably something that's feeding that company as far as food goes, um, something else, and, and uh, we'd like to buy that. We look at Warren Buffett. He loves companies that, you know, have industrial and build stuff, and then he said, well, we're just going to also buy the railroad that supplies it. You know, so same type of a principle. We can't buy Bitcoin because we don't trust what the product is. What about we use companies that will benefit by it if it does turn out to be a good thing? And if Bitcoin goes down to zero, don't know that it will but i'm saying if it goes down to zero these companies aren't holding as far as the assets in their book so they're not going to be clipped by it. but if people start using bitcoin global wide for buying and selling goods and services they're going to benefit by it let's take a look at some of those companies and i think that's a pretty good way in which to participate in this craze that's called bitcoin uh, but not get caught uh, if it starts dropping back down
0: all right we need to take a break for some news we'll come back with more if you have a question for Merle, the phone lines are open seven one five we'll be right back
1: or for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities and investment advisory services offered through HBEC Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, HBEC Incorporated, Kelch Associates are unaffiliated companies, and this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only.
2: One in I'm three Tom adults King, w, has pre diabetes. One Two in three. Dead at That's- By giving your extra tickets to VetTix, you'll help America's heroes reduce stress, strengthen family bonds, and create a truly happy memory that will last a lifetime. So when you really want to say thank you for your service, give the experience, give the memory. VetTix. Give something to those who gave. For more information on how you can make a difference, go to vettix.org.
0: And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch, Kelch & Associates in Wausau. Phone lines are open, 715-845-2155. Let's see if we can get somebody on the phone right now. Good morning. Who are we talking to?
2: Keith. Go ahead, Keith. Morning, Keith. All right. Hello. Question that uh, is odd, I would say, and you probably have not handled in the past, so please excuse me if you have.
1: Well, Keith, if it's odd, I'm your man.
2: Okay, here it is. (laughs) I know that nickel... The nickel, the coin, is probably our only piece of currency in the U.S. that is worth close to its material value. Mm -hmm. Now, I hear a lot of people talk about investing in gold and in silver. What are your comments about uh, investing somehow in nickel, though it probably won't be the same as gold and silver, because I don't think you can house a shit-ass pile of nickel in your house uh, physically. Uh, And then maybe the comment on why the nickel is still worth four cents material value. Now I know nickel is uh, uh, a tremendous mineral. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to industry, probably just as much important as gold. I mean, you can't make chrome or stainless steel without it. I'll stop and uh, let you speak. All
1: right, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Yeah, I've, and, and, and Keith, it's, it's an interesting question. I don't know a ton about nickel, um, but I know that uh, most of the metals have been rising for two reasons. One. Uh, because of, of you know the fear of what's going on in the economy, and that's really kind of the gold and the silver rise. Um, but nickel and others are going up simply because we're starting to use the materials again. Um, so I've never heard of anybody just holding an ounce of nickel. I've never heard of that. But I'm certain that there's some sort of either a, a rare earth or some sort of a metals ETF in which has nickel on the inside of it, in which they're holding it one way or another. So I can't comment, but I just know the general metals themselves are starting to go back up. But it's an, it's an interesting question. Wouldn't you and be able to Keith, buy a, a that like
0: any other commodity, like copper, like uh, zinc? Like yeah, any, the question any... would be is
1: how do you hold it? You know, yeah. I, I know that I can hold a, an ounce of, of palladium. Um, I'd hold an ounce of uranium for a little while, yeah. maybe. But, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, but that's an interesting question. And, Keith, one I don't know a lot of answers about. But uh, like most metals, they're going up because we're starting to use them. Um, uh, and it makes sense. Now, what's kind of interesting, though, is... Back in the 40s, if I had to remember, I think it was like 41 and 42, um, nickels were not made out of nickel because the nickel was going into the war effort for World War II. Um, and I think, did they call them the, well, I think they call them tin pennies for a while because of the copper, but the nickels were made out of something else. Hmm. And if you look at them, they're really different and they're enormously valuable. I think the last time I looked at them, there's some 2000 bucks for a good one uh, for the, the nickels of those days. Um, but uh, you know, who knows if the price goes up, we could finally see. A, we we could possibly see the metallurgy a change in a nickel from actual nickel. Well, do we? You can make the argument now. Do we really need
0: the mint to keep making coins? Do we need to keep making pennies and nickels and dimes and uh, even quarters? Um, is that going to be something that's going to be necessary going? It forward? would
1: screw up every furniture sale from nine ninety nine ninety nine. You know so. Um, I don't know. You know, my opinion would be is we probably don't because we can round stuff to a buck these days, or even I mean, you know?
0: just that the cash itself. I mean, I've talked to people that are in our in our building, and many of them don't carry any cash on them. We were just talking about this. You do, yeah. I do, still carry cash a little bit any, mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but uh, there are a lot of people that live completely off the cash society with nothing yeah. but yeah. nothing but their debit card or what or credit cards.
1: Which which floors me don't get me wrong I have them on my pocket too but um, but I, I like to use cash for stuff it's just better but you don't I, I, you yeah.
0: don't even need to I mean it used to be you need you would need cash to, to use vending machines to use parking meters to use all kinds of different things yeah. even yeah. those things now you don't need cash to use
1: mm-hmm. you know it, it, it's so true you know we looked at uh, and again folks I'm obviously pretty much everybody knows I'm all pretty uh, uh, attached to the Eagles Club. we do a lot of stuff and a lot of work down there and uh, we had had stuff set up for a lot of years where we had set up with everything worked in quarters. We didn't even have to have any dimes, nickels. We really had them inside of the till and that whole bit. And then we set it up that we're going to actually charge for taxes for foods and services versus just eating it and paying it on our own. And as soon as we did that, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, crap. Now we got to have dimes and nickels and pennies for all the bills that come up. you know. So we did that. But what's interesting is we used so few of them um, that at the end of the night and the day, we don't count the dimes and the pennies and the nickels. We just leave them in the till. And if we need more, we just put more in there because it's so few that we have to count up because most of the stuff is quarters and bills. Um, uh, it's not like the, the old Taco Bell
0: commercial where you dig through your cushions to find enough to buy a 98-cent taco? That might
1: be true, but now it has to be sanitized first you yeah. <laughs> go through. Yeah. But, but it's, it's interesting. So those small the small ones we really don't need. You, you even round up to a quarter, just make it simple and have one coin, that would almost make sense. But, Keith, I really love your question about that. It's, it's something I'm going to put on my note. To research, I don't know the answer, but it's pretty interesting. But I think the the rise we're seeing going over is because of the usage inside of nickel.
0: We didn't realize this, but uh, you have a side hustle of doing Tupperware parties, and you wanted to talk about that a little bit.
1: You caught me, Tom. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> well, thanks. That was kind of fun uh, segue, folks. I popped up an article this morning. It was something we talked about in this program for a long time, such as uh, what happens when you have. Um, insiders trading for a particular company and, and so with it I walked walk through a company I walked through and I slept great um we ran into an article by Ed Lynn called Tupperware stock is slipping and the executives are buying up shares so here's Tupperware forever in my lifetime tom I will burp the lid on no matter what it is with plastic because of Tupperware uh-huh remember when you had to sure. do that you got to yeah. burp the lid yes I still do that doesn't matter what it is So as a result of that, what's happened is Tupperware throughout the course of last year, their stock price is up. Oh boy, Uh, I had the numbers sitting here, but last year they were up some enormous percentage, like 30 or 40% last year. Uh, This year they're down some 23%. But as a result of that, you're having the uh, chairman, uh, the executive vice president, uh, the president, and five executives in total buying $1.2 million of Tupperware shares throughout the course of this month, including the president and CEO. So they're buying the shares, and the reason for they're doing that usually is because you find it that they're having a lot of profit and profit issues coming up into the future. And so with that, I'd love to see this stuff, and I like that there's an article that pops up that talks about this. This is something I try to find um, when I'm looking at individual stock. Now, folks, I'm not telling you to run out and buy Tupperware. Um, I don't know if it's good, bad, or indifferent. I'm not going to say I don't like their stuff. It is pretty handy. Um, the colors are somewhat special these days, but... Um, I love to see it when executives do this and they believe in their product so much that they're going to buy shares personally with their own dollars outside of executive bonuses, 401ks, and that whole bit. And that's what's occurring in here. Since the price came down, they went up and bought a bunch of shares. So they obviously believe what's going on to the uh, long term of this company.
0: All right, I wanted to bring up GameStop again because they were in the news this week. GameStop reporting double helping of losses. The computer game retailer this week reported a net loss of $138.8 million in 2020 following a $19.1 million profit in 2019. The Wall Street Journal reports GameStop notified the SEC it's losing eight members of its board. GameStop looking to make a push into e-commerce and the company Mm -hmm. says it's considering selling stock to pay for that transformation. If you were in the market... Would you consider buying GameStop stock as they try to head into the e-commerce market? And is it a little bit late for an established company to get into the e-commerce business?
1: You're hitting it right on the head. Um, you know, we've said it on this program for a long time, GameStop's going broke. And, and again, the numbers point that they are. Uh, they're going broke. They have the brick-and-mortar model. You come and you buy or rent one of the games, sort of like you know, when we had a Hollywood Video or Blockbuster. And their model wasn't working, they had to be online. So as a result of that, uh, they hadn't been doing until like just now. They've just started to become an e-commerce type of a company. One of the problems with doing, becoming an e-commerce company is they have a whole bunch of infrastructure build-out, stuff you have to do from an IT standpoint, and they don't think they had the money to do it. Now that their stock prices run up so high, they said, well, geez, we can sell some shares because everybody loves our stock and we can raise some capital by selling some shares. The problem was their share prices are so overvaluated right now Maybe they pull it off, but I don't think so. At my particular point in time, GameStop is still a company that's probably going to go broke. I hope that they change it around. Who doesn't love it when you have a company that has success? But at this particular point in time, the stock price that they have is not consistent with them losing money. Um, Doesn't make any sense. And the only thing that's driving it up is three to one people are buying the stock versus selling it. There was just a sports celebrity who turned into an investor and that kind of stuff, and he was just on CNBC yesterday. I didn't catch his name. But he bought uh, uh, GameStop a few years ago and it was at $10 a share, and he said it went down. He said, I thought, well, I'm just going to have to write it off as a loss. He said, the only one went crazy and went up. He said, I sold it at 360 He said, geez, I could have sold a little bit higher. He said, but I'm pretty happy at it, 360 yeah, when yeah. I thought I was going to have a loss with it. And he said, and it just doesn't make any sense to me that the price is going up. He said, I follow the stock. He said, they're trying to get it in e-commerce. Um, uh, he said, and I hope that they do pretty much the same thing that I said.
0: We talked about the uh, the situation in the Suez Canal with that huge tanker that has, uh, or that container ship that has uh, blocked the Suez Canal, and there are ships lined up for miles waiting to get through. And of course, it's going to cause shortages uh, in materials, shortages in energy, shortage, all kinds of shortages. In fact. Even before that happened, we were running into shortages around the globe in semiconductor chips, and a number of uh, automakers, including General Motors and I think a couple of others in this country, are going to suspend production of some of their products, including pickup trucks, because they can't get the semiconductor chips uh, needed to uh, produce the vehicles. Hard for me to imagine that... I guess, first of all, do you know why there's this shortage of semiconductor chips? Because it's hard for me to imagine that something as important as that is to almost everything we do these days, there would be a shortage of. That-
1: I don't know the why. I, I don't know the why. But you know, I was reading an article last night about uh, um, uh, John D. Rockefeller. And John D. Rockefeller, of course, became one of the earliest, most wealthy people in the world, you know, back at his uh, early turn of the century, he was worth about a billion and a half dollars, which bringing out today uh, was, you know, Bill Great, Bill Gates and Elon Musk type of rich. And what he did is he just made it so that he could always secure his supply line. Other people call that a monopoly. But anyway, he secured his supply line. And I'm looking at this, if I'm Ford or if I'm Chrysler, and I need these chips, and I'm buying the chips from a foreign country that could be hostile to the country in which I'm doing business in, why wouldn't I have a facility where I can make my own chips, especially when you know, cars and trucks probably have a dozen different chips on the inside doing almost everything today? Yeah, Why wouldn't I have already done that, I look at? Um, And so why would I at least have it so that it's made down the road here in the U.S.? Even though I might spend a few more bucks, I know that my supply chain is full. Um, And so I look at that part of it, and I don't know. So my suspicion is the chips are coming from some sort of a foreign country in which we have some sort of a a tariff or something like that going on. um, and, And they're slowing it up, or maybe the pandemic is causing some sort of a shipping. That's my guess. I haven't read um, uh but certainly we'll find out as time comes on. But why? what does this what do mean for?
0: What does this mean for the car companies then, the publicly traded ones? I mean, uh, is this a short-term problem that's going to not maybe be a big deal, you know, a year or two? Down I would the road imagine
1: to be a slow term problem because whoever's making the chips wants to start pumping out as many chips as they can, of course, for them mm-hmm. to make profit. Um, so I think it becomes a, a profit thing for these companies that they're slowing up production they can't sell the vehicles that are out there especially if we look at ford slowing down a couple of plants that have the ford f 150 which is the number one selling truck that's out there um uh, and so as a result of that it's going to have a little bit of profit depending on how long it is on the bottom line uh but you know whoever's making the chips got to get making chips or if i'm intel or amd or some of these companies inside of the u.s i might say hey we'll make the chips for you maybe we have some capacity later on All right, 715-845-2155. We need to take a break. We'll come back
0: with more. If you have a question for Merle, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU.
1: The opinions voiced on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice. You put debt in its place. Go to nfcc.org slash stop debt or call
0: 877-410-6322.
2: March. Has been madness. And with every shot. One hundred million shots. The game changes. We are at the corner. Whether or not we're going to be turning that corner still remains to be seen. As it plays out. We'll
0: get shots in the arms. Kids get back to school. Easing restrictions. Capacity limits will also be lifted. We are
2: maintaining the mask. Keep it here for the play-by-play. Take these shots. On WSAU.
0: And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch, Kelch & Associates here in Wausau. 715-845-2155 is the number to call here. Phone lines are open if you have a question for Merle. I I saw something uh, on the uh, business report earlier this week that I found kind of interesting, and I thought I would share it with you. This uh, came out actually yesterday. Um, The largest oil and gas industry trade group endorsed a price on planet-warming carbon emissions on Thursday, a major change after the industries have long been against climate change regulations. In a White House meeting earlier in the week, leaders from ExxonMobil, BP, Chevron, and other companies signaled support for market-based carbon pricing. There's been growing pressure from oil and gas investors to measure their contribution to climate change. So is this the company's... Being pressured enough by their stockholders and by the owners of the companies or by the by the employees of the companies to make changes to the way they view climate change, or is this the company Hancho's finally getting on board and saying, you know, you're you you've been right. We our our products are changing the climate in a detrimental way and we want to do something about that.
1: I don't know. Um, I'd have to say only, only time is gonna tell us. I really don't know.
0: So what does this mean for those particular sectors as investment opportunities. We've talked about green investments in the past. If the oil industry is going green or agreeing to go green at least as much as
1: they can, that's a pretty big deal, isn't it? You know, I'm a firm believer that there's nothing that's green. And let me make sure I preface that. Well, maybe greener than others. Greener. Yes, there's greener. Um, You know, ExxonMobil, for example, has been one of the the biggest um, uh, contributors in research and development on things that are greener. So they've been using. Of course, they've seen it on online. And I've seen that where they use algae to grow diesel fuel rather than actual stuff. You know, hydrogen power plants. Good public relations. It's and the... Sure. <laughs> um, but but this truth is that the the uh, large oil companies have been doing it because they're looking at and saying, how do we have survivability if we run out of gas and oil, or if we're not using gas and oil, or if there's such a penalty to it that we have to do so? We got to do something greener. So they're they're huge research and development in that stuff. So, so I don't think there's green, but I think there's greener, and maybe that's the direction that they're going and saying, "Can we do stuff that's um, uh, less?" We're always going to have oil and gas, folks. We're never going to get rid of it. Um, you know, so well, maybe people, not in our you know, lifetime, but eventually. Well, we can't. Every all plastics are done from oil and natural gas and, and that whole bit. So, it, we're not. We have to have plastics, no matter what. We have to have plastics.
0: Well, I think you could make the argument that. We can replace plastics with something else eventually. whether it's steel? Whether it's hemp, whether it's something that's
1: biodegradable,
0: whether it's something that doesn't last a zillion years in a landfill. I think eventually that's going to happen, don't you?
1: Maybe. But we'll probably have to use plastics or fuel to fire it up, to heat it, to make it work. No matter what, we have to have heat or fuel to make it work. So it's always going to be around. I, i especially within our lifetime tom it's always within be our, our lifetime i'll agree with that now i i like the you know the fact of, of going to ev cars i think that makes sense for air pollution but at the same time we still have to have the coal fire plants we got to rip up the ground for all the materials that we need to do it so there's greener i don't think there's green that's out there so perhaps this is the direction that we're seeing happen with some of the big oil and gas knowing that they have to do something different now i would love to see that we're doing more natural gas more natural natural gas uh, burns a lot cleaner um um, easy to hold, easy to, to get out of the ground. North Dakota literally comes has it coming out of the ground. Um, uh, so, and we're one of the biggest for it. And so, for me, natural gas, what I'd love to see doing more than uh, than gasoline if we can. Um, I think it makes more sense. And I'm not necessarily what you would call a tree hugger by any stretch of the imagination. But if we can do it better, why not do that?
0: It looks like we are at a, a moment in time where the United States is going to get more serious about infrastructure repair or replacement when it comes to things like dams, bridges, all of the things that we have let deteriorate over the years. It looks like we may be in a position to actually get some of that stuff taken care of now uh, with congressional approval. Does that mean that companies that are involved in Big building projects might be uh, a good thing to look at right now because those projects might be being green-lit here in the next few months. Um, you're talking about Caterpillar. You're talking about the companies that make concrete and steel and all of the things that are needed for dams, roads, bridges.
1: Um, my, This is my thought, folks. This is just my opinion. Are they good companies to get into? Well, I think they have been all along. You know, the companies that are inside of the building trades that have been that have been busy and doing very well, they weren't shut down. They were continue to keep working as essential businesses, so they haven't shut down. Um, even though, let's say, we have the ability, we're going to build a bridge and we have to build this bridge on XYZ Road, we have to get it rebuilt, um, the time frame to get it done is, is so busy or it's going to be so far off that for us, I think we're going to have to give some sort of a fast pop in the business that created the concrete. concrete. It's not going to happen simply because those companies are already so busy that this stuff is going to be put off. So even though we as a country say we're going to dedicate, and let's say the $3 trillion, which I think the numbers are starting to get insane as well, being the, spent. If the demand even is, if you do it, but, but there's no capacity, I don't think. I think we have a capacity the, If the issue. demand is
0: there, wouldn't new companies spring up then to fill that gap, to fill that I, need?
1: Ideally, but... um. In that, in that business, it's so so cost and capital intensive uh, to buy that stuff. So uh, let's say, Tom, we want to create a bridge company. First of all, we have to hire people that know how to create bridges. Now we have to buy the capacity, whether we're going to do some sort of a big piece of steel, such as Veritas here in town, um, I said, I think I said Veritas, that's not Veritas, but <laughs> the, the bridge company, we'll go mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, if we're going to do that, well, now it's got to reach into their capacity because they're always busy doing some other things. We have to have the equipment that has the ability to do that. We have to buy all that sort of equipment. So a new startup company is very expensive in which to do so. Will it happen? I don't know. But I think all this infrastructure we're talking about, do we need it done? Yes. Do we need the appropriation to get it done? Sure. To what amount? Who knows? Um, but the thing is is that it's not going to happen today. Just as the Obama administration said, we have shovel-ready product. No, there, there's no such thing as shovel-ready because you still have to get all the approvals. You still have to get all the stuff done. You still have to get it done. You still have to get the, uh, uh, the time frame and the capacity in which to build it. So I'm so, um, just a realist from that standpoint, and I know we have to get it done. No problem getting it done. Um, but it's not going to get done right away.
0: All right, we're out of time for today. If folks want to get a hold of you on Monday, how can they do that? I feel like we barely started. Jeez. Well, you know, if you'd get here before, never mind. I got locked out. <laughs> That's true. Today you got locked out. My you don't fault. like me anymore.
1: <laughs> folks, give us a call. 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street stopping in for a cup of coffee. Give us a call. 715-849-3600. Toll free at the, outside of the Wausau area at 866-355-5100. Or find us online at kelsonsociates.com. All right,
0: we'll talk to you again down the road. All right, buddy. That's Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates, this morning here on WSAU. We've got the news on the way. The Polka shows are next as well, all on WSAU.
1: The opinions voiced on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities and investment advisory services offered through HBEC Incorporated. member FINRA SIPC, HBEC Incorporated, Kelch and Associates are unaffiliated companies. And this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only.
0: When you're unemployed, it can seem like there's no way out.
1: But with the right tools, suddenly it all just clicks. Develop new skills and find your path to a new career at findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad
0: Council.
2: WSAU, WSAU, WSAU-FM, Rudolph, Stevens Point, Marshall.